Hello, family, and welcome to Kingwood Methodist. In John 4.23, Jesus states that a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. As we gather at church and open God's word, we are not just coming together for the sake of gathering, but also to learn the truth of God and how we can grow to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. As we continually surrender our lives to the Word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become the type of worshipers our Heavenly Father seeks. Let's dive in together. If, you are, if you're watching that video and you're like, man, prison ministry looks awesome, uh, so does Ryan in a headband. Um, I have to confess, uh, Ryan didn't know that he was, uh, he was shooting that video. It was supposed to be me, but I didn't show up to the video shoot, so he had to take my spot. So uh, huge props to Ryan uh, for, uh, for, for stepping in and saving my butt. Uh, prison ministry here at Kingdom Methodist Church is uh, just a really beautiful thing. Uh, if you haven't engaged in, in ministry outside of Sunday morning worship, um, prison ministry is a beautiful way. You don't have to, to be um, super skilled or knowledgeable about what, how, to, how to talk to a prisoner. Um, there's these beautiful weekends and some training that goes along with it. Uh, we had just had a team go into uh, death row this, a couple weeks ago at Polunsky in, in, uh, in Livingston and uh, preached the gospel for a weekend to, these, to some of the darkest places in the world. And uh, I wish we could show a video, uh, but we can't because their faces can't be shown. But there were uh, a whole handful of death row inmates who got baptized um, and have found Christ and have, now have life in the midst of death row. What a beautiful thing, absolutely. So we are in this season of transition, we are uh, beginning a new sermon series called Get Your Life Back. Uh, and it's this, this image of, um, of what it means for us to, to reclaim something that, that has been stolen from us. What does it mean for us to get our life back? It means that, that something has to have taken our life in the first place. There's an assumption that something is trying to steal our life in the first place and we have this desire to reclaim it. It, it gives me the image of a, a toddler who's playing with somebody and, they, and the, this toddler steals another toddler's toys, right? And the, the first response is, that's mine, right? Give it back, mine, that's mine. I get the, the image of, um, of the, the birds from Finding Nemo, remember that? That mine, 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 right? We do this too, right? When somebody cuts in line uh, in front of us, uh, we feel like someone has stolen something from us and it, there's something that burns within us. We desire to get it back. The image on the screen is, uh, is meant to kind of uh, conjure up some, some, some emotion, right? It feels like that's the place that I want to be, right? On a boat, going in the circles with nowhere to go, but just being on a boat. Give me that life back, Right? Like the world is trying to, to get us in this, this rat race and all we have to do is just get back to vacation, right? This image 
is of our best life, right? Can we reclaim our best life? Can we get back to the, the things that, that bring us the most joy and the most, uh, the most uh, pleasure and the most happiness? That Zen place, can we take that back? Does this feel like a setup? Because it absolutely is. Because when we look at the gospel, this image is so far from what Jesus called his disciples to. When we look at the gospel, we see a dramatically different image of what it means to get our life back. In Mark chapter 8, uh, Jesus is talking to the crowds of people and he says, uh, he says this to the people. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, to have the boat, to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory and with the holy angels. And what powerful words Jesus gives his disciples on what it means to get your life back. In fact, he calls us to lose it for him and for the gospel. When we look at this scripture, when we look at this title, we have to ask, what does it mean to recapture our lives? Today, uh, I have some, some friends here, uh, some guests coming all the way from Tanzania uh, to, uh, to, to share a little bit about their story and kind of what God's doing in their own hearts and their own lives. Daniel and Kim, would you come on up here? Um, if you are watching today on live stream, um, you are gonna see only me. Uh, and it's not the, not the live streamer's uh, fault, uh, but we, we can't show Daniel and Kim's face on, uh, on the live stream uh, for safety concerns, for uh, the places in which they share the gospel are some of the hardest places in the world. And so, uh, so as you, as on, on the live stream, you'll see just me, uh, you won't see them, uh, but we are, uh, had this opportunity to, to talk with you, but um, we have, as a church, we have 16 missionaries who are ser serving full-time all around the world that we, um, we come alongside financially uh, in prayer and support um, these as they go and, and share the gospel in places that you and I maybe uh, are not equipped to go or, um, or don't have the, the means or the, the geography uh, to go, or the, the phase of our lives. And so we uh, have the opportunity to, to support them. Um, we have uh, in that, that group of people, that group of 16, we have church planters, we have uh, military chaplains, we have Bible translators, we have uh, evangelical entrepreneurs, um, all of these uh, have answered the call to follow me, whatever those steps look like to follow me. And so let me introduce you, uh, Daniel and Kim. Um, tell, us, uh, tell us just a little bit about uh, your lives and about your passions. Um, who are you and, and why are you here? Okay, our names are Daniel and Kim. And as Pastor Clint said, you all have been supporting us for the last 15 years to share the love of God with Muslim people in Muslim mm -hmm. communities overseas. Um, 
And as Pastor Clint was just talking about the theme of losing your life to find it, I, I was just like a flashback to a moment in my life. We had already been working in a conservative Muslim community for about four years, so still new, but the adventure had worn off, <laughs> the fun had worn off, the country was in war, everything that we had owned was bombed and destroyed, um, colleagues of ours had been kidnapped and killed, and we were very clearly called to go back in mm. after having been evacuated wow. out. And it was a real um, wrestling in my own faith. I'd say so. <laughs> and the Lord was very clear. Mm. And I was talking to my dad, and I said, Dad, I don't think this is going to be very much fun, but we're going back in. And my dad said, Honey, Meaning is a great substitute for fun in your life. <laughs> Invest your life in what's yeah. eternal. And with your help, that's what we're trying to do. We're so grateful that you all, as we've been singing, the gospel's not just for us, it's for our communities. And you all have the faith and the obedience in following Jesus to extend that to our community, Amen. which is Muslim. You know, we live in a little house with a mosque behind us, two Islamic schools on either sides of us. Our very best neighbor is an imam. And we say the gospel is for our community. And so Amen. we just want to thank you this Amen. morning for being an important part of that. Amen. Absolutely. So Daniel, as, um, as we talk about what it means to, um, to gain life, to recapture our life, um, this, this crazy paradigm that Jesus gives to say, if you want to gain your life back, you got to lose it. Um, have you seen that played out in your own life, in your own story? Yeah, thank you, Pastor Clint. Um, thank you so much for welcoming us Absolutely. and for your kindness. Absolutely. It's good to be here. It's an honor for you to be here. Absolutely. Thank you all as well. We're really honored to be here and to share. Um, yeah, this theme has been a major theme, I would say, in our lives as mm -hmm. well. And as Kim mentioned, we've we've gone through a number of traumas and things like that. At one point, there was even a, an attack on my own life. Um, someone wanted to kill me, and it was only by the grace of God that I survived. So this theme has kind of been a reoccurring theme. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> and as I was thinking about this morning, I was thinking, because in the midst of all that, we've, we've, there's this a certain peace. You know, as I look back over the years, there's a peace and a joy that's there, a deep sense of peace and joy. And nothing that I can attribute to myself. It's definitely God. But I was wondering, what are the things? Why is there that peace and that joy? And three things came to mind that I wanted to share this morning. One is because time and time again, consistently, we've seen how God has been faithful to us. Mm. It doesn't matter what has happened, what That's trials good. we've been That's through. Good. God is faithful. He's our anchor. He's our rock. And just to be able, and you know, every time you go through a trial and you experience his faithfulness, it solidifies that truth in your life. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, there's a certain peace and joy knowing that the creator of the universe is there with us, just like the kids said, Jesus is with us, and he is faithful. He Amen. is good. Um, the second thing that came to mind was, um, you know, I'm a broken person and I need God's refining fire. I need him to transform me, to sanctify me. Um, and God, one of the tools that he uses in our lives are these trials and tribulations. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, and so I'm grateful for that. As I look back over the years and I see his work in my life and the transformative work that he's done, I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, and so I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly yeah. would have changed the mistakes I made, but uh, I wouldn't change. I, I, if I had to do it over again, I would experience those trials again. Mm. Um, and I praise God for that. And then um, the third thing is that there's so much joy when you see God working in the lives of other people as well. And just to see what God's doing in the Muslim world, um, some of our friends, you know, over the years who have come to the Lord and are, uh, have found peace and salvation, are sharing with their families, they're leading their families into the kingdom. Um, there's just a lot of joy in that. And I, you don't sense it all the time because most days you're just in the daily grind and you're just trying to survive, you know. Right. But when you take a step back and you look at the big picture, and especially when you look at the global picture of what God's doing in the, in, in the Muslim world, it's amazing. We live in unprecedented times. More Muslims have come to Christ in the last 10 years than all of the rest of history combined. Wow. And so Amazing. God is really on the move in the Muslim world today. And I'm excited to, to be, even if it's just a minuscule part of that, mm. <laughs> I'm mm. excited to be involved in that. And you guys are involved in it as well. So, um, yeah, those are the three things. That the metaphor that comes to mind is like a childbirth, right? I, I don't have much personal experience with childbirths. <laughs> I did witness it, but... <laughs> um, and you guys have a couple kids, right? We do. We yeah. have two beautiful kids. Yeah. Um, Very cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, in childbirth, from what I've heard, um, <laughs> there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of pain. But when you see the baby, uh, that new life, um, the, all the joy, that the mm -hmm. rush of joy that comes just kind of overwhelms that pain and it makes it all worth it. And that's yeah. what I would say about giving our life to Jesus as well, fully following him. There's just, there's nothing comparable. It's, yeah. it's worth everything. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we, I think we hear a lot of times the other side of the story that there's this, this um, Islamic movement is spreading across Europe and it's taking over and while Christianity is dying in Europe, Islam is, is booming and thriving and um, we, that's kind of the narrative that we hear. Uh, what, I, what I'm hearing here is that uh, in, in these Islamic areas, the Christi Christianity is thriving, that it's, it's beginning to, um, to gain a lot of traction. And, uh, and you guys are kind of on the front lines of that. Um, tell, me, tell me a little bit more about kind of that experience of, of being in the middle of uh, what could seem as a hostile, um, hostile environment, but being able to, to kind of share the truth of the gospel in that space. Yeah. Well, yeah, ex what you're saying is exactly right. What, you, what we see on the surface is not always what's happening in the heavenly realms. And uh, mm -hmm. so, for example, even these Muslims who are coming to Christ and are following Christ, they don't look like us, right? They don't meet in a sanctuary like us. Um, they still have their culture. And, um, and so they worship in, in, in different ways than we do, for example. But they're following scripture, they're giving their lives to Jesus, they're following Jesus, and it really, I think it's so beautiful to see the diversity in the kingdom of God as people yeah. from different cultures come to follow Christ. Yeah. And one day in heaven, 
we're going to get to experience those, that diversity, and I'm so excited. Absolutely, absolutely. So in your, um, in your story, um, what are, in your ministry right now, what are some of the, some of the greatest challenges that you face? Uh, what are some of the joys and, and excitements and, uh, that you've experienced in ministry, and, and how can we be praying for you? Well, maybe we can both share on that. I'll, I'll start by saying um, that in our current context, like Kim was describing, um, so it's staunchly Muslim, um, high identity Muslim, and um, and so we are sharing the gospel, sharing scripture and through media, um, and we're trying to get people involved um, in media and different media projects. And um, as people, as we're sharing the stories of the gospel, our prayer is that our Muslim friends would come to know Jesus. And especially, we're excited because we're, we're on the precipice of getting to the Jesus stories. So our prayer is that as we enter and go through the Jesus stories, yeah. that people will just fall in love with the person of Jesus. And so pray for us to be able to communicate that deeply and effectively, and that God's Spirit would move powerfully in our community. Amen. What else can you Yep, say? that's our number one prayer request. And I, I think our greatest joy is that we just keep falling in love with Jesus. And he's faithful to us along the way. And when our Muslim friends fall in love with Jesus, we get a whole new perspective of who he is to them, who he is for all of us. Um, we're about to go back in two weeks. Please pray for us. Pray for our kids to know the love of God deeply mm. and to follow Jesus. And that we can, as a family, give clear and accurate witness as we are called to do. We really appreciate your all prayers and support and partnership in that. Thank you. Amen. So Daniel and Kim are going to be out in the commons after the service. If you'd like to have a, a deeper conversation with them, uh, they'll be out there. Also, uh, following the service up in E201 um, at like 12.15, I know a lot of you are going to uh, Back to School Splash. Uh, but if, if you'd like to have uh, a deeper conversation, they're going to be sharing a little bit more of their story. Um, uh, they have a video uh, to share as well, but we can't show it here. Um, and so, so they'll be there after, after service in E201. Um, so let's, uh, would you extend a hand out and let's pray over them as we, um, as we send them off. Uh, God, we, we uh, know that you are uh, so richly present in their ministry God, you've put them on the front lines. You've called them to follow you no matter what that, that, that cost is. And so God, I, I pray that, um, that their story would be an inspiration to us um, as, as you call us also to follow you into, um, into places that are maybe uncomfortable, into to saying things that are uncomfortable for us to say as we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so God, I just pray um, a blessing over their ministry. God, I pray that uh, as they release, as they prepare and, and uh, shoot these these next level of uh, Jesus videos that people uh, would uh, experience the love uh, of Jesus, that they would experience the person of Jesus uh, and be moved in such a way that it calls their life to, a, um, to a, a fork in the road, that it calls them to step into your presence and to acknowledge your reality and to acknowledge your power and your love for them. Um, so God, I just pray uh, that you would give them favor as they go into the, uh, into the world. Um, and God, would you give them uh, peace, endurance, and patience uh, as the work that they are called to do is hard. It's so hard. Uh, but with you, it's so, so worth it. And so we honor you above all. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, 
Amen. Amen. Thank y'all. So church, obviously, uh, we're not all called into uh, Islamic uh, lands to go and share the gospel. Maybe some of us are. Uh, maybe some of us are called to, to go into a, a different place than you are now to be a, a light and a beacon of, of Christ. And, and maybe God whispered something in your own heart today. Uh, I hope and pray for that. But each one of us, no matter who we are, no matter how old we are, no matter our, our life stage or circumstance, we are all called to follow him. When we talk about what it means to, uh, to gain our life by losing it, we understand this, this idea that uh, the prize in which we are going for is different than the world's. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 9, 24. He says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I don't run like someone who runs aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. So church, in your context, in your situation, in your circumstance, when we talk about what it means to get your life back, what is your aim? What is, what is the, the image of getting your life back look like in your story? Is it one of, of aimlessly running, of aimlessly striving like a boxer beating the air for a, a prize, for a crown that is, that is gonna, gonna go away, that it is fleeting? Or is it like Paul says, is it for a crown that will last forever? What is your aim? What's your prize? Jesus tells parables, uh, two parables, the, the, the parable of the, the, the pearl of great value. He tells the parable of the, the treasure hidden in a field and, and that the person who finds it sells everything they have in order to gain that prize. If you would come after me, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me, he calls. So church, what does that look like for us? What, is, what does it look like for us to regain our lives in our culture, in our context, in our setting? I think the first thing, I think the first thing that we are called to do is to, to stop and to pause and to connect with God. Because out of that connection with God is where all of the, 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 the call in our lives will come from. Out of that connection with God is where fruit will be born in our lives. And so as a, as a church, as we go through this series, uh, we recognize that, uh, that there are so many things trying to keep you from God. There's so many things in our lives. There's technology, there's, there's, uh, there are the, the busyness, the distractions of this world that will try to keep us from God. We are, as a church, we're, we're taking a... a this, uh, this idea in this book called Get Your Life Back by John Eldridge, he talks about this, just this idea of a one-minute pause. It's a really simple, really, um, really easy thing for us to do. There's a, an app that, uh, that he has 
um, kind of developed that sends you push notifications and reminders um, to just pause in the middle of your day to, re, um, to realign your mundane uh, agenda items towards his divine purpose. And so if you want, you can scan that and kind of get, you can get that app and it'll remind you uh, this last week as I've been kind of trying to do this with the app, I've noticed every time it comes up, it's at a really inopportune time. <laughs> and my temptation is just to swipe. To swipe that notification off and say, God, I, just, I don't think I have time for you right now. But how can I step into the calling that he has for me if he is not a priority in my time and in my schedule? And so my prayer for you, if you, if you get the app, if you go through this process, maybe you can just put an alert into your phone uh, once or twice a day to remind you to stop and to pause. My prayer for you is that it comes in really inopportune times. That it comes in such a way as to inconvenience your life. In those moments where you, you want to get your life back, I, I pray that you would learn to lose it. That in the middle of a meeting, you might, you might even pause and say, hey, uh, hey, I'm gonna take some time just to reflect. I'm gonna take some time just to, to spend with God because uh, I think that that's a priority right now. Maybe that calls you to lose your life a little bit in order to gain it for his, for his purpose and for his sake. Church, I, I believe that this journey of following in God's footsteps, of following where he calls you, begins at connecting with him. The smallest step that we can take in learning what it means to, to lose our lives is to connect with him. There's so many more steps as, as it goes on, but, uh, but I, I wanna challenge you in that. This week, learn to connect. Stop, pause, Spend a little bit of time in prayer. Spend some time reflecting. Spend some time giving thanks. Spend some time praying for someone you know and that you love that needs it. But take some time just to reconnect. Mm-hmm.